beautiful. Y'all, we're in to this episode on ancient aliens. Is this a musical episode? Yes. This sounded like a 90s sitcom jingle. You know, it kind of did. Yeah. I'm okay with it. James, how are you today? I have the flu. James has the flu. <laughs> yeah. James, I'm sorry you have the flu. Thank you. Yeah, I shaved my beard and head and everything. Uh, people can check out Leosophy on YouTube. You can see that I've gone from uh, Mountain Man to Carl Pilkington. Yeah, James, you really do look like Carl Pilkington. I yeah. saw your post. I saw your post on Instagram, and I thought, "Whoa, he looks like a baby now." Yeah, like a newborn. Huh? Yeah, yeah, newborn, fresh out of the womb. Um, uh, but uh, you guys, welcome to the Thirteenth Floor Podcast. Yeah, I'm Cece. I'm Alex. I'm James. And today we are talking about ancient aliens. James, what's your icebreaker? Uh, crap. Uh, let's see. Here, here. Huh? I've got one. I've got ah, one. There we go. Awesome. In the spirit of James's poor illness, <laughs> what is the one thing that makes you feel better when you're feeling ill? Uh. Ill? <laughs> ill? Ill. Don't Um, you know what always makes me feel really good when I'm sick? When I barf and my wife runs away. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, I do that every so time. So, has a tendency to run away from somebody barfing or, like, whoever is ill. I think it's just, so like, it's like you a know, reflex. Yeah. It really I, makes me feel good about, like, when I'm under my really old uh, age. I run because I, you know, it's like when you see somebody yawn and then you yawn. Like, if I see somebody puke, just hearing it, it makes immediate reaction like that. That. Yep. Yeah. I could see it. I could see it, James. James, I saw that you posted a picture of mushroom miso soup earlier. Did that yeah. make you feel better? It sure does. It's really good. Soup in general. Good. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I think that my answer would be chicken noodle soup. <sighs> I can <sighs> eat that any day, and it's just going to warm my soul and my heart. Well, at yeah, some point, nice. Alex, i got to make this for you. I am drinking right now out of my 13th floor mug. Uh, oh, I make oh, yeah. a yeah. I make my own version of uh, uh, chai masala, and I, I made it for asthma reasons like years ago with trial and error. And I swear to God, it opens the lungs up. It's really good. Ooh, really? Wow, you yeah. Try it. I'll try it. Yeah. Uh, I, I like uh, Gatorade. Always makes me feel pretty good. That mm-hmm. and I really like having a little bit of a. Why am I blanking on it? I want to call it ginger soda for some reason. <laughs> ginger <laughs> ale. Ginger ale. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I like ginger ale, ginger ale, but there's been recent studies that say that it may not actually work. Uh-huh. Pseudoscience. Anything that doesn't fall in line with what I already believe is pseudoscience. So. <laughs> James, James, is your answer soup? I think so. You know, if I were in town, I would make you some soup. Uh-huh. Thank you. Uh-huh. Maybe next time. Yeah. But hopefully next time I'm in town, you aren't sick. Yeah. Uh, all right. Are you guys ready to talk about ancient aliens? I am. Yeah. Ancient aliens floating through space. Uh, what 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 topics do we? Have? Let's run through our topics real quick. All right, I am talking about how illness, certain diseases, may have been brought to Earth by oh, aliens so. over time. Ooh, that sounds interesting. What about you, James? I'm talking about uh, the idea that the Great War in India, like twelve thousand years ago, was actually a nuclear war fought with alien tech. I think I'm going to go first. <laughs> <laughs> Because I'm doing the spheres of Costa Rica. Ooh. Ah. Have you heard about this, James? I have. 
Oh, okay. Well, that's disappointing. <laughs> James, if, if, it's a, if it's alien related, you know, James knows right. it. You're probably right. You're probably right. All right. So let's talk about these balls. Yeah. Let's talk about the balls. So I didn't, <laughs> I had never actually heard of them until I started doing research. I was trying to find something that not a lot of people have heard about. And then, well, Cece hadn't heard about them until I told her about some balls. Yeah. And then James hadn't, uh, until he researched it probably like two, three, four decades, probably four decades ago. James? Yeah. We don't know how old he is. Oh, yeah. He's 160. Hell, he, he could have been the people that uh, discovered this. Maybe right. he was the one who fought the alien nuclear war. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, wow. Maybe. But, yeah. So, these these spheres, initially, the best guess was that these were probably about 12,000 years old. And what do they look like? Well, hang on. But now, the recent guesses are like 600 years or like they're like in from the 600s to maybe the turn of the millennium uh that's the 1000s okay uh, and um they Ancient look like balls yes yes so they're actually referred to locally as las bolas or the balls <laughs> <laughs> nice and so they're actually primarily made out of graniteite and they have a width of about 7 feet and they're Almost perfectly spherical. Some are perfectly spherical. Some are like two inches off. There's a there's a, a gradient, but mm. they're so old that people don't really know what how perfect they were originally. But they're like smooth to the touch. They've been like perfectly sanded down. Like, these are some smooth balls. They're some smooth <laughs> balls. I saw the pictures of them. Yeah, and they're 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 definitely artificial, which I seemed like a no brainer to me. But I guess some people are like. What if they're natural smooth balls? I don't <laughs> well, know. here, this is my question. If you Google Costa Rica balls, what's going to pop up on Google? What? Just do the spheres. Do Costa Rica spheres. Because if you put balls, I mean, you're probably going to get some nice... Yeah, the, the name of this episode ought to just be like called Ball Puns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, yeah, I'm sure they have a lot of fun with that name. Uh, but... I guess, like, these balls, they weren't discovered until the 1930s, so relatively recently. And when a team came in, uh, they were into, like, slash and burn some of the forests so they could create this, like, fruit grove. Yeah. And they stumbled upon these balls. And, mm-hmm. well, the workers uh, looking at... They had there's estimated to be about 300 of these in Costa Rica, but and but they stumbled upon a lot of them. And they're big. They're big. They're 16 tons. That's how heavy these things are. Some big spheres. <laughs> yeah, they're big. And these workers came in, and well, their job was to slash and burn. So as you could probably expect, they didn't react like maybe a typical citizen might. They were like. Hey, let's let's have some fun. There's probably some gold in them there, balls. Oh, no. And so they tried to break them up. They throw they threw TNT at them and tried to blow them up and see if anything came out. Nice. <laughs> and so they proceeded to go ahead and destroy a ton of these things. That's awful. Mm. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then, uh, since many of them were so old, just the act of moving a lot of them began began to uh, crack and even destroy a couple. Wow. Oh. And not only that, some people got the wise idea to sell these 16-ton balls to rich people so they could have this fancy lawn ornament. So some of these were sold. 
Oh, uh, right. So I could find one out in the. Yeah, apparently they're prevalent in in museums around the world, actually, too. Oh, I saw. I could see one in a museum. Yeah, you can go see one in a museum. You don't have to go to Costa Rica because there are still some in Costa Rica, but most of them are protected. Been, yeah, I yeah, would hope they so. Are. They are. They're they're protected now. They're you gotta protect your balls. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but, you know, m- many of the actual balls weren't purposely destroyed, actually. Like, not just the rolling, but sometimes something that's prevalent in the area is, like, brush burning. But the thing is, when you burn brush, that heat would warp and char any of the balls that were kind of nearby. Mm-hmm. And, needless to say, that would crack them. And you under 16 tons, you can't really be warped too How- much. How, what are they made of? Just stone? Yeah, I told you earlier if you were listening. Mm-hmm. Were you listening? I was thinking about ball puns. <laughs> <laughs> I, I swear I told you. Granadorite? Okay. what they're made of. All right. Cool, that stuff. Yeah, it's like a really hardy Rock? stone. Stone. We don't okay. call them rocks what? here. <laughs> <laughs> And don't, don't use pejorative terms like that towards <laughs> the spheres. Uh, so a lot of them were distorted and stuff like that. But then also people played with them, like rolled them off into ravines, which if we're really being honest, it would be pretty cool to push a 16 ton ball down a ravine. Yeah. yeah, but I feel like it would get sewing, going so fast and I'd be holding on to it and then I'd just topple over. I I don't think this is seven feet wide. I don't think you're going to be able to grab on. It's not like a bowling ball and get your finger stuck in. With my luck, there'd be like a little <laughs> a little sharp edge from one of the cracks and my shirt would get caught. Get snagged and just drag you down. Yeah. You'd be like one of those little pancakes in like a Looney Tune cartoon. Oh, gosh. Yeah. All right. So only a few of the original estimated like 300 still exist. And all of them have been removed from their original position. Which means ascertaining their original use is pretty difficult. Ooh. There are a few guesses as to what they were used for. Uh, some some think that they were used for some sort of navigational device. And what I mean by that is that these were all located near structures. And so, like, someone traveling. Like a marker. Yeah, like a marker. Like someone traveling. Oh, hey, this stone with a maybe a weird groove in it <laughs> means it's uh, the land of a thousand virgins. What <laughs> <laughs> the world. But... It didn't really make a lot of sense to me, them being used for markers. I mean, you could you could do something else than that. Like, That's a little bit simpler. You know, like leaving bread six- com- leave breadcrumbs on a trail. Yeah, well, there's yeah. a, you don't the, have to like, retrace your steps. Not a 16-ton yeah, ball. Yeah, well, I mean, there's that those little stacks that everybody associates with trails. I mean, you can make one of those in like five seconds, whereas yeah. that would take weeks at least. Yeah. I, I mean, who knows how long this thing took to make. Uh, so I guess... That theory is that these are essentially street signs almost. And another theory is that they were used for astronomical uh, observation, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. which I don't know how a ball would help with that. But I, I guess maybe if you wanted to lay out the planets with 16-ton balls instead of like something normal. Uh-huh. Or maybe they also said that it could also be a compass. But frankly, none of these really sound that plausible to me. Yeah. And I think it's too complex for something that's a lot more simple. And one one other theory is that these could have been like symbols of religious significance or maybe even status symbols, which I find more believable. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why someone would spend so much time on 16 ton balls yeah. Yeah. If, if they're just going to be markers. Theory. But religious things, I could see that. 
What's your theory, James? You know how people play with marbles? Yeah. <laughs> giant marbles. What if it was ne- yeah. giant marbles? The Nephilim yeah. were playing oh, with giant old, marbles. Yeah. Well, big old monster marbles. That's actually that's actually not impossible. The reason I say that is well, first let me stick to the balls before I get to the people. <laughs> uh, some of the stones actually have a few tool marks on them, like a tool was banged on them, but. If these things are that old, you're telling me somebody didn't walk by and just like take a hammer to it for a little bit of fun? Uh, I don't know. I, it's weird that these are so like perfectly crafted yeah. of a out of a rock that is not really malleable. And they also, and the reason I mentioned the malleableness of it—that's an interesting word. Malleability. Um, okay. Ah, there you go. And, uh, <laughs> one of the theories also on how they form these is that they had these some sort of acid type concoction uh, that was used to alter the rocks into their testicular like form. It's not that far fetched. So a scientist went out there and looked at a lot of the plants out there and found that you could create like an acidic or very acidic like potion from some of the stuff out there. The only problem is the type of stone that they use to create most of these spheres Mm -hmm. has no reaction to anything. Uh, Like no acid is going to be bothering it. In that area. Hmm. So there goes that theory. So we think they're made by aliens? It's That's one of the possible explanations is that. Either that or maybe they're Nephilim. You know, who knows? But uh, yeah, so that's where the aliens come in. Uh, it's possible that the aliens gave them these tools. Because the tools back then would not have been sufficient enough to create these. At least the tools that we know about. Yeah. Now, some think that they pulled as round as possible stones out of like riverbeds or something like that. And then just kind of finish it off by making it perfectly spherical. But they just look like perfect marbles. Like I know, right? how could you find that many perfect giant boulders? That's a lot. I know. I don't believe it. I know. And the, the other reason why some people think that these are ancient aliens were involved in the creation of these is that they think that they're pointing to specific locations that you all may have heard of before. In their original formation, which, again, they're not in anymore. They think that they were almost like, not quite coordinates, but pointing directly towards these locations. Easter Island, Stonehenge, and the Pyramids. Which might have also been built by aliens. Exactly. So, that's the theory about the aliens being involved as, A, no one can explain how these things are still made. Especially with tools from 600. Yeah. And even if it went up to the thousands, thousands, maybe I say 11th century, I don't know. But no one can explain it even up to then. So everyone's kind of scratching their heads and And it's probably aliens. Yeah. When you scratch your head, the only other logical explanation is aliens. The the people that made it back then uh, are... They're just kind of guesswork. They're they're descendants of the Baruka, Taribe, and... Guayami people, which I mean, the problem is, is there's no historic record of the people that created these, and some people believe that the conquistadors are the reason for it. So they think that when the conquistadors arrived, they killed the people, and that's why we don't have historic records of them. Hmm. I think they were aliens all along, <laughs> creating b- mystical balls. Hmm? I don't know. It's it, it's a lot to take in. I don't know. It's odd. I don't know how people back then could have made them. I don't know what purpose 
it served if aliens helped make them. Do aliens really need to explain themselves? Well, I guess not. I mean, if Easter Island and Stonehenge are things, it's like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, there's so, there's so many interesting things. Maybe it was that nuclear war that James is going to talk about. Mm-hmm. You know? James? <laughs> James? James, are you there? I am. Are you going to tell us about nuclear war oh, and so, the yeah. what ancient do you think? times? Yeah, yeah. Okay, sure. Let me preface this by talking about something a little different first. Um, there is a very important epic in Hindu literature, and this epic happens to have mention of something that's, well, let me just describe it for you, and we'll see what you think it is, okay? Okay, I'm ready. These things are called Vimanas, okay? And here's the description of one. Dark the descent. The birds are golden colored. Up to the heavens they fly robed in the waters, and again they descend from the seat of order, and all the earth is moistened with their fatness. Twelve are the fellies. The wheel is single. Three are the knaves. What man hath understood it? Therein are set together spokes 360 in which no eyes can be loosened. And by bear in mind, I realize that sounds crazy, but just, just tell me what you think that describes. Uh, it sounds to me like aliens. <laughs> and they said 12? Yes. 12 being the, uh, uh, oh, the fellies. And then, then majestic birds. Yeah. Yellow birds. What, I don't uh, know. It sounds so to me like, like a spaceship. Um, exactly. That's exactly what it is. And and I'm not exaggerating on that. They, it, When I say spaceship, in these texts are mention of what are called bamanas. These are chariots or palaces that are round, that fly, and that have technological components that are beyond the understanding of the people writing this text. That we know. That's not debatable. Whether it's just mythological or based on actual observation, that's that's where the contention goes. And uh, the reason why I thought I'd preface that is because it really paints a precedent for what I'm about to bring up. And this kind of has a little callback to our previous episode because we talked about uh, the Oak Ridge issue with uh, the, the connection with... Um, the Manhattan Project. And what did Oppenheimer say when they did the first nuclear test? Uh, Let there be bombs. <laughs> he quoted the Bhagavad Gita. Now I am become death destroyer of worlds. That's mm. from, yeah, that's from uh, one of the other four chief uh, Hindu texts. That, and so there's a connection there. And additionally, I can't think of the fellow's name, but on one instance, someone involved with the project uh, that involved the nuking of uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki was asked, this was a, a f- official person, this was somebody up in the top brass, they asked, was this truly the first time that a bomb had been dropped on uh, a, 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 a nation with people? In other words, what they meant was, have you tested it elsewhere and we just didn't know about it? And the man said, it's the first time a nuclear weapon has been dropped in recorded history. He corrected the man and said in recorded history, which is just a strange point of contention. Hmm. And it should be noted. How did he know? Right? It should be noted that a lot of the people involved with the Manhattan Project had quite a fascination with uh, Hinduism. And there's some obvious similes between uh, 
the, the, the wars in question and modern day nuclear warfare. So let me just read uh, one of the actual quotes from, uh, from this story. Scattered about the cities, many holding hands and sprawling in the streets as if some instant horrible doom had taken place. People were just lying unburied in the streets of the city. I mean, that, that sounds also like something from a nuclear war, right? Yeah, it sounds terrible. Well, see, this is why it's an interesting story. So far, up until just now, everything I told you is truthful. But what I just read is the claims of a man named uh, Hisari Gangoli, who's, I think, paraphrasing Terminator 2. Hmm. And that's why it becomes an issue, is because you have all these claims and these misinterpretations, and they're not actually genuine. It sounds a lot like Nostradamus. Yeah, exactly. There, there's, it's just like with uh, people tying Nostradamus to stuff. At the same time, the Mahabharata is often misquoted. Uh, another great example of this would be a single projectile charged with all the power in the universe, an incandescent column of smoke and flame as bright as a 10,000 suns rose in all its splendor. It was an unknown weapon, an iron thunderbolt, a gigantic messenger of death, which reduced to ashes an entire race. Well, again, that's not actually a, necessarily an accurate uh, description. But I, that is what it says. But that's what it says when you translate it from Sanskrit to English and take tremendous liberties with the meanings of those words. Oh. And it reminds me tremendously of a story. This is a real story, by the way, of a missionary who went to Africa and encountered a tribe that had very limited contact with the outside world. They wore grass skirts. Um, they used uh, wood tools because even stones weren't very uh, commonplace in their environment. So in other words, these guys weren't going to be making computers anytime soon with the uh, resources that they had. So he's talking to them and he's trying to teach them certain things. And uh, he was trying to teach them about washing up to prevent diseases. Hmm. And he, he mentions that germs cause disease. And they said, well, evil spirits cause disease. And he's like, well, and he's trying to explain this. And he goes, well, why don't you uh, show me one of these e evil spirits? And to his surprise, one of these little fellas uh, draws in the sand using a reed an actual virus, like a, a bacteriophage. Hmm. So he's rather shocked by this. So he asks him to draw more. And he draws, you know, bacteria. He draws things that should be in a biology book. So he's amazed. He thinks these, this tribe, they've, they've discovered germ theory long, long before anyone else. This is remarkable. They don't even have microscopes. How do they do this? And he's, he's taking notes. He's trying to uh, basically compile a book to publish because this is remarkable. And then he comes to find out uh, that about six months before he met them, the Red Cross had, had gone there and, and given them some science books. So, <laughs> so what it actually happened was they, they had simply remodeled their spiritual views to reflect what they'd been exposed to. The reason why I point this out is because there's lots of evidence that uh, a case in point, like I was talking about with the Vamanas, that's a fact that's in that ancient text. The issue is how much of 
these stories has been altered over time to reflect modern changes and how eager are we to translate ancient texts in ways that correspond to modern interpretations that's hmm. that's where we run into issues Oof. yeah that being said there's a lot of things that are fascinating about the mahabharata that do indicate the potential of alien warfare uh for starters let's start with a lot of the beings in in this story you have gods and monsters you have uh human beings who live much longer than a standard person. This was during the golden age. And, and incidentally, the whole notion of ages is somewhat universal too. You can find references to a golden age, an iron age, a, uh, a brass age, and a dark age in the Bible, in Greek and Roman mythology, and in Hinduism. So this is a pretty universal notion where you have supermen walking the earth. Well, this war, the Mahabharata, took place during such a golden age where you had these amazing beings who were more than human. And a lot of people, whenever you have, it's just like with the Nephilim, whenever you have super beings, it's easy to interpret that as conceivably extraterrestrial. And they actually did use weapons that kind of baffle the modern mind, including what were called arrows that were single projectiles that just wipe out cities, that kill entire peoples, Ooh. some of which, uh, yeah, exactly. That is a very strange thing to, uh, to describe 12,000 years ago uh, and not have any basis for it. I mean, there's a limit to what we can dream up. Even in the 60s, if you look at Star Trek technology, which we've, we've made very real in a lot of respects, it's based on pre-existing things. So what in the world? Who would dream up during that time uh, an arrow that wipes out entire peoples? Hmm. It's conceivable, but it, it does lend itself to the possibility that it is nuclear. Here's another description that uh, I thought was interesting. The corpses were so burned they were unrecognizable. Their hair and nails fell out. Pottery broke without any apparent cause. The birds turned white. And after a few hours, all the foodstuffs were inedible. And to escape the fire, soldiers threw themselves into the river. Again, hmm. is this uh, a proper translation? Is this a proper interpretation? There are so many. I mean, I'm, the reason why I'm, I'm saying all this with such contention is I don't want to lend my uh, views one way or the other because it is such a convoluted and complicated uh, story. It's something that absolutely is worth researching, but it's not the kind of thing where if you say, oh, well, it has to be X because X happened. Well, we're dealing with Sanskrit and we're dealing with Sanskrit that's been not preserved, but reinterpreted numerous times for 12,000 years. And that's where I think uh, we need to be careful. That being said, it's, an, it's a fascinating story and I encourage everybody to look into the Mahabharata uh, nuclear war theory. And Vimanas, like I said, the descriptions of them are on par with UFOs in a way that that one's a little harder for me to be neutral about. Like, I, I'll concede that maybe there wasn't a nuclear war 12,000 years ago, maybe. 
But the monas are effing UFOs, you guys. <laughs> well, James, I appreciate you prefacing your your part with that the fact that it is hard to translate those things from so long ago. Like having worked in news, I know how easy it is to sensationalize, you know, yeah. a really simple story and make it seem a lot more important than it actually is. So I appreciate you mentioning that. So James, do you think that there was a war, nuclear war? 12,000 years ago, in your opinion? I I don't know necessarily if it was nuclear, but I do think the technology that was used is beyond what we're currently using. Mm, interesting. Yeah. I, you heard it here. James said for a fact, nuclear war 12,000 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys. Are you ready for my part? Waiting yeah. for it. Okay. And James, I don't know, maybe maybe your illness inspired this topic. I don't know. So I got most of my research from all sorts of different places on the interwebs, including Listverse, Ancient Aliens, a live journal post from a writer named Spirals underscore end, and History.com. So today I am t- going to be talking about the idea that major disease epidemics that have occurred throughout history may have actually been caused by, wait for it, aliens. Oh, I couldn't have, oh, I should have guessed it. Did you guys know this idea that like the Black Plague may have been caused by aliens? I, had, I did not. James? That's No, that's news to me. What the heck? <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, My balls didn't do it, but yeah. your plague did. Yeah, I plague. knew you were going to say something to that effect. <laughs> <laughs> I... I'd, I honestly had no idea about this idea until I came across a title because I looked up when I started my research. I was like, you know, what? I'm just going to look at ancient aliens and see what some of the title episodes are. And there was one that was like epidemics, alien epidemics. And I was like, huh. And then that led to all of this. So and then also James having the flu. So you never, watched the, you never actually watched the episode. I watched about 10 minutes of it. Oh, did you? Yeah. But yeah, James, how are you feeling right now? I know you're sick. I'm doing okay. I'm alive. Okay. Well, why don't you cozy up with a little b- bottle of water, maybe a little heating pad under your back, <laughs> a little, a little okay. cup of chicken noodle soup, and you settle down because I'm going to teach you about alien infection. <laughs> I got an alien infection. <laughs> <laughs> well, some scientists over the years have proposed the idea that certain disease outbreaks throughout history were caused by aliens, possibly alien bacteria that was brought to Earth either by extraterrestrials themselves, or uh, on comets. Okay. Yeah. Stardust. Come and sprinkle Earth and then give everyone the flu. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but it's a little bit disappointing because, like, it's always been a dream of mine to find a comet. Like, the remains of a comet were rather oh. a meteor. Okay. Yeah, but now I don't even hmm. want to touch them. What if I get some terrible disease? Well, the likelihood of anything alien transmitting to humans is pretty minuscule. Um, wait, you haven't even listened to my part yet. No, but we've talked about that in another episode. <sighs> listen, <laughs> listen, let me break it down for you. So some of the reasons that scientists or rather I should say researchers, people, people believe that these outbreaks may have been extraterrestrial is because one, most of them were pretty sudden. They came on very quickly Two. Some of them were so far spread so quickly that it's kind of a hard to explain how it got from one side of the earth to the other in such mm. a quick amount of time when travel, you know, during I'm ancient so times was a little bit harder. Hmm. And then three, they were usually, not always, but usually short-lived outbreaks. Mm. So 
technically this idea that some disease might be extraterrestrial in origin, it's really not all that recent. I read a really great article on Gizmodo about this, but centuries ago when humans didn't really know that germs and bacteria existed, they thought that some disease were brought to Earth from space. Alex, do you do you know what miasma is? James, I already know you know, but Alex, yeah. do you? You're what? Miasma. I've seen it. <laughs> oh, no. All right, all right. <laughs> no, I don't know what miasma is. Uh, miasma is the idea that illness is caused by unclean air, essentially. Poisonous vapors or filthy, smelly air. Oh, I actually okay? did know that, yeah. Yeah. Now that we know germ theory exists, it's it's kind of difficult to imagine that miasma mm. is a cause of anything, but... What if what if these ancient people weren't entirely wrong? What if some of these illnesses were brought to us by meteors and stardust falling from the sky? Okay, mm. it's possible. So let's talk about the flu, James. I know you probably it's probably the last thing you want to think about, but no word. Do you all know what the word influenza might actually be derived from? Oh my uh, god, it's so funny because I was gonna look that up this morning and I fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm gonna tell you, James. Uh, an Italian phrase that translates to, quote, influence of the heavens or stars. Oh. <sighs> One of the worst outbreaks of flu took place from 1918 to 1919, and it killed somewhere between 30 to 100 million people. So it yeah. was a bad, bad pandemic. Do you know why it's called the Spanish flu? Why? I just think this is so funny. It was during World War One. It, it wasn't from Spain. Nobody even knows where it's from, which is creepy. Uh, in World War One, Germany and America and Britain and France, we all had the Spanish flu. But because of propaganda, we didn't want anybody to know that we were suffering. So we we're like, everything's fine here. We're all healthy. But Spain, you know, they're neutral. So they're just publishing all these newspapers about how awful it is. <laughs> so that's the only reason why it's called that. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. I know that Spain was yeah. very hard hit with the flu, but I did not know that, yeah. James. They were they were the only ones telling the truth about it, yeah. Well, yeah. There's a great episode of this podcast will kill you. It's actually the very first episode that they ever released, but it's about the Spanish flu pandemic and it mm. is like seriously, it's horrifying, but it's also very interesting to listen to. Mm. Highly recommend mm. that episode. But some scientists question the Spanish flu occurring naturally because of how far spread it came, became so quickly. But it was during a war, so it's like, I kind of get it. I don't know. But some people believe that it was brought to Earth by aliens which, or by by dirty solar wind. Oh, uh, which James did say. They didn't know where it came from. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, a scientist named Fred Hoyle, he's one of the guys who believes that the Spanish flu was caused by something extraterrestrial and, and not necessarily aliens, but some type of something that hit earth from space. Um, and I am going to preface this with the fact that Hoyle is neither a biologist nor an epidemiologist. He's a physicist and a science fiction author. So, mm. You, mm. you know, but during the 1970s, he and a colleague whose name escapes me at the moment, uh, they became big believers in the idea of panspermia which James told us about in a previous episode of the 13th floor. What'd you say? Panspermia. Okay. The idea that life came to Earth from space. So anyways, over the years, all Fred and his pal theorized that comets brought microorganisms to Earth and that those spread disease. 
which we basically already know that microbes can survive in space. Tardigrades, for instance. Mm. Which is tardigrades. Tar- 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 where are tardigrades? Uh, Water bears. Learned- yeah, we've learned about tardigrades oh, yeah. on octonauts. Water bears. You just had to say it like like James did. Well, water bears. Water bears. James, say water bears. Water bears. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> but in 2007. Well, James, they, bears are these hairy things that are like living in the woods, like giant dogs. Yeah. I thought you said, what, what are bears? <laughs> oh. Did I say uh, what are bears? <laughs> oh, my. All right. Wow, that was the grandpa-ish joke. Of <laughs> yeah, that, was, that wasn't yeah. even a dad joke. That was a grand, granddad yeah. joke. What do you all have against grandparents? <laughs> well, in 2007, mm. some tardigrades, they were dehydrated, and then they were taken into space and exposed to space for 10 days, and then they were brought back down to Earth, and they were just fine. Hmm. They were handy-dandy. Yeah, I wrote dandy. a song about that. You wrote a song about it? Yeah. Well, James. I- Do you care to perform? <laughs> No. <laughs> we'll listen to it later. Here. He's, Here's he's ill. Excerpt. He can sing Water it. bears, water bears, <laughs> traveling to space. <laughs> You're not that far off. <laughs> oh, man. But these water bears, they came back to Earth, and they, they're basically just living their best lives after their little trip to space or vacation up, up in the atmosphere. But back to Mr. Hoyle. In the 1990s, he and his colleague announced that they were able to collect data that supported the idea that the flu pandemics correlate with sunspots and solar activity. Yeah, and they claimed they found serious outbreaks of flu and intense solar activity seem to occur about every 11 years, which the idea was obviously scoffed at by the scientific and medical communities. But I looked up flu pandemic dates, and to me it seems like there was way more than 11 years between most of the outbreaks. But there were a couple of incidences between the ni- 1950s and 1970s that happened about every 11 years. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It, it's hard just to take a little time. I feel like you can make anything correlate with anything if you kind of yeah. take what data you want. But what do you guys What do you guys think? Do you think that the flu was brought to us by dirty space wind? No. I don't know. I, uh, when I was in high school, I wrote a big, long report about how I thought viruses in general were from space because uh, the way they reproduced just uh, it seems so weird that it would even evolve like around anything it's just hmm. a strange thing I mean it, they're not alive they're just a protein coat with DNA they reproduce by latching onto cells and injecting their DNA into the cells and turning the cell into a kamikaze DNA factory it's, it's so weird. It's basically it's basically microscopic Ridley Scott's alien, complete <laughs> James, with the like little chest burster scene. Yeah, James, what if you were right in high school? I'm. I was always right in high school. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so enough about the flu, you guys. Let's talk about possibly the biggest disease outbreak in history that everyone knows about: the Black Plague. Mm-hmm. It killed some twenty-five million people between. 1347 and 1350s and most believe it originated in central asia and was spread by flea infested rats who had this little bacteria called yersinia pestis but a guy named william bramley he disagrees you guys his idea and i think that he was like an attorney author i don't know but he thinks that aliens caused it and he published a book in 1989 called the gods of eden james have you ever heard of this book you know, it's ringing a bell, but I'm not sure. 
Well, it's it, he basically it's really about how aliens he thinks that aliens provoke war on Earth. So you might have actually come across it during your own research. But he thinks that aliens uh, provoke wars on Earth in order to control and distract humans from other things. Which doesn't uh, sound too crazy to me if you ask me. But yeah. they kind of treat human beings like cattle and it's all just a diversion, you know. But Bramley, he's really perplexed by this fact that humans engage in war so much and he wanted to know why. So he started researching and he claims to have found reports on strange lights and possible UFOs throughout history around the times of great events occurring, like when the Black Death occurred. There were allegedly lots of odd sightings in the sky mm, when it was uh, happening. Yeah. And wait one second. I just which apparently there's, there are spikes in UFO sightings whenever big events happen. Really? You know, this Supposedly. makes me think of the Columbian Exchange, you know? Like, everybody gets mad talking about what Columbus did to the Indians, but then we also compare, you know, first contact with aliens is similar to the Columbian Exchange. Well, that makes sense. Like, if, if they were monitoring us and they, they didn't like certain things that we were doing, they could, uh, without detection, influence uh, global events via contamination. Yep, exactly. And that's what Bramley thinks. Uh, he, there were mm. also also allegedly claims of people having seen floating vessels spraying the earth with mists when the Black Plague was going on. And Bramley yeah. says he got all of this information from mm. a book called, quote, The Black Death, A Chronicle of the Plague, published in 1926 by somebody named Johan Knoll. And mm-hmm. yeah, and he wrote that during the time of the Black Plague, people were reporting all this odd mist all over the place. And then shortly after, town would fall ill. Like an mm. entire village would be wiped out. And he even reported, quote, men in black were seen carrying scythe like instruments that they would kind of wave around the fields. And then next thing you know, there's mist everywhere and then everyone's dead. Mm. Doesn't that sound a lot like, you guys, what if the Grim Reaper was an alien? <laughs> I'm kind of bad to say that. Yeah, it's yeah, freaky. yeah. It's freaky to think about. Interesting. But why would they spread disease to kill off such a large portion of the world population? As James yeah. said a minute ago, what if they just don't like something that we're doing, or what if they want to kind of, I don't know, evolve the human race to be a certain way? Like obviously, people are some people are going to survive the Black Plague, and then those people mm. are going to reproduce. So survival of the fittest. Yeah. You know, fun fact, the Black Death uh, actually did give people of European descent a higher resistance towards HIV. Really? Really. Hmm. Interesting. There's James with another interesting fact out of nowhere. James, where do you Mm -hmm. learn these things? I have no idea. (laughs) It just happened. It just happens. But there are a lot of other diseases that are believed to have been brought to Earth by comets or aliens including mad cow disease. Maybe some prions rode into Earth on a comet. Mm-hmm. Ebola, Zika, uh, SARS, mm. HIV. The list really goes on. So it's things that have like surged. Like, well, some of those are things that have surged recently and then they go away, like you said. Yeah. Short-lived, mm. but potent. Very potent. Mm. James, you said that what if what if mosquitoes are aliens? Aliens, yeah. They're they smarter than they look. Boom, boom. Oh, they're terrible. <laughs> They've been coordinating this whole time. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> so, you guys, that is... It's interesting. 
illnesses spread by aliens. But it's scary to think about because if they've done it in the past, like if it is, if there is any truth to it, they could do it again. Mm. Yeah. There's nothing we can very, do, you guys. Well, you can take creepy. some solace in the fact that a lot of the people in the, that died during the Black Plague were actually just killed by the doctor by mistake <laughs> due to poor <laughs> practices. Pop, popping things they shouldn't That's pop. kind of what happened with the Spanish flu, too. Yeah, yeah, just... They didn't know how to treat it. They didn't know how to treat it, and they made it worse when they yeah. did try to treat it. Well, what yeah, if... You know what's good for you when you had the Black Plague? Sucking all your blood out. Oh, blood. Stop it. I don't want to think about that. That's nasty. <laughs> According to the doctors back then. Well... <laughs> They knew better. They knew stuff we don't know now, though. We found out that actually, if you bleed a little bit every now and again, uh, you do live longer. Oh yeah, well they say they kidding. say that about like people yeah. who donate blood regularly live longer. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, BRB getting leeches. Well, maybe I'll go give blood. <laughs> I want to live longer. All right, you guys, are you ready to pick our episode for next week? Yes. Wait a minute. The you vase that talk, has talk way to too one much stuff in it while now. I clean it out. Get all yeah. of the. It has to be cleaned out, out now, people. <laughs> all right. Mm. All right. Draw. Can I, just, can I put my hand in it? Draw now? something. <gasps> all right, you guys. This is a creepy one. I'm not going to sleep next week. Uh, demons. <laughs> by Andy J. Yes, this topic was submitted to us by Andy J. Uh, thanks, Andy. <laughs> don't uh, put it back in here. I don't want to draw it out again. All right, you guys. Um, do you have anything you want to add to our conversation about ancient aliens before we all go to bed? James is going to cuddle up with one of the spiders and take a nap. Of of the three, mm. which is the most likely to be done by an alien? Uh, diseases. What? Of the oh. three topics, which one's most likely to be done by an alien? Mm. Illness. I think the stones. The stones, James. Really? <laughs> Yeah, because it's something we can like look at right now. Like I could, I could literally fly to Costa Rica and check them out. Now, James, do you think that the twelve thousand years ago nuclear thing that was mostly human, human uh, done or perpetrated? I think it was human done. The question is, were those humans uh, a star-faring race that uh, you know fell on hard times and became us? Interesting. I think I, and it's funny because I was thinking maybe species. I'm thinking mine. Because I could see, I could see <laughs> bacteria no, flying not, into Earth on a I, comet. I, I don't necessarily think that it was brought to us by little green well, that's men. That's what I was saying. But I, I something could, flying uh, in on a comet, I could totally see. I mean, we're constantly bombarded yeah, with stuff. That. I don't see anyone purposely doing it, but mm-hmm. we're getting we're bombarded with so much stuff. You gotta think something came through every now and then. Yeah, right, James. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good point. <sighs> All right, you guys. Um, James needs to get some rest so that he can talk about demons mm. next week. Yeah, and I am going to. <laughs> I'm going to go work on my website, and Alex is going to play video games. I'm sure. Um, I feel like that was derogatory, but yes, that's probably true. All right, you guys. Until next time. Oh wait, wait, wait! We got to do our social media. We got to do oh, our social oh, oh, media. Yeah. We, yeah. Follow us on the social medias thir- at Thirteenth Floor Podcast. Mm-hmm. Or email topics to us at 13thfloorpodcast at gmail.com. Also, if you like this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe. Please. Especially review. Yeah. Especially Leave subscribe. Us, yeah, do both do of them. Do it all. And tell all your friends about us. James, tell them to tell their friends about us. Tell all your friends about us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, and are you really are you really going to not help this sick man out? 
<laughs> He's not feeling well. You can raise his. You can you can make him feel better. You know what's better? Your friends about yeah, us. you know what's better than chicken noodle soup? I feel like this is the march it down. Ginger ale. <laughs> you know what's better than chicken noodle soup and ginger ale? A five star review. A five star review. <laughs> All right, you guys. Alex, who does our music? Our music is by Grant Cook. You can find his music on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon Music, anywhere you listen to music. All right, you guys. Until next time, we hope that you can keep, keep it, it strange. strange.